morning, 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 good afternoon, good evening. I don't know what time it is. I don't know where you're at listening to this podcast, but I am super excited today on fire to tell you that God is good. Literally, figuratively, God is more than amazing. And today's topic is just Uh, It's just one of those topics that moves me. It gets me excited on today because I'm talking about God is good. Simply that. That's the title today. God is good. Is he not good to you? And in order for you to appreciate today's topic, I just want you to sit back and reflect. Now, I don't know where you're at in your podcast sessions. I don't know if you're in podcast session one, two, three, four, five, or six. But in one of my podcast sessions, I talk explicitly about the awesomeness of God and how you need to understand his attributes, get a true revelation of him. When the information that you're taking in about God moves from the information to revelation, that you can truly then appreciate the word of God and it can begin to take root in your life and you can begin to apply it. And that's when we begin to see the increase, the increase in those areas that are the dry places in our lives, the increase in those areas that we ask God to do multiplication, whether it's finances, whether it's good health, whether it's a deeper relationship with him. It's only then that we can see the increase because it is God who gives the increase, not us. There's nothing we can do for God because everything was made for him and by him. So we say, Lord, we thank you on today as we get ready to go in and discuss the title of the topic, which is God is good. And that we dive into our first scripture, which will be Nahum 1 and 7. And it reads like this, the Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge. I'm going to read that one more time for those that may have just come on. Today's title is God is Good. Our scripture is Nahum 1 and 7. It reads, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge. Have you ever just sat back and thought about the phrase God is good? Oftentimes we take that phrase and we attach it only to positive connotations where it almost puts God in a box where you can only see him in the good things. And you say, you know what, Mrs. Colorful Day, what do you mean? This is what I mean. We'll take a really simple uh, analogy so that you can see what I'm saying. And then you can see how your mind can sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying sometimes can kind of box God in. And when you box him in, what you do is you put a limit on him. You almost take him like a little square box, if you could imagine, and you put a lid on him and you encase him and you tell him, This is how I want you to work in my life in this small little parameter. Now, think about this. You're taking an awesome, truly amazing God who's sovereign, omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent, and you're forcing him inside of this box and you're telling him to work. Now, if he is desiring every day to do above all you could ever think or imagine, how do you box an awesome God in? Oh, I wouldn't want to do that because then you are putting limits on him and he's a limitless God. So actually, then at that point, if you would just take that basic thing that I've just said, you're all you would be stopping the blessings of God flowing to your life because of your ability to understand God. 
because we already know that God is a, above our imagination. It says, who could know the mind of God? If, it, if he's thinking above what you're thinking and you could not even think or imagine your wildest imagination, I want you to stop for a minute and go with your wildest imagination for your life. That positive, wildest imagination that you had envisioned for yourself. God is thinking way above that. So you can take a basic concept. If you if you thought you could be in a, a 14 bedroom mansion with uh, multiple families taking care of your families in 10, 15 generations to come. He he's thinking way bigger than that. So whatever your wildest imagination is, he thinks bigger than that. So when you take a God that's so big. Who, who has blessings for you that you couldn't even think of or fandom or, or thought about, and you box him into this box, you actually hurt yourself. So the whole concept is when you say God is good and you attach him to a positive situation constantly. Remember, I was going to give you that analogy. Let's take the analogy of a plane crash, if you will. So you often see plane crashes um, that, you know, planes that fall out of the sky and God forbid that uh, that happens. We definitely don't want that. But th th I think this is the clearest analogy where you could understand exactly what I'm saying. You have a plane crash and um, oftentimes say you have a set of passengers that are on that plane and say once the plane crash is identified is published on the news everyone looks back and they're like oh my gosh that was detrimental you know we've had a plane crash we've we've had lost lives you don't hear anyone say god is good you don't hear anyone say that now take that same situation and say that same identical plane that went down, there were people who were supposed to be on that travel manifest, meaning that they were supposed to be on that same exact flight. But for some uh, random reason, they changed flights that day. They didn't make it to the flight line that day. Maybe they were running late. Maybe they decided to uh, take a different uh, flight by taking that flight. Maybe they decided to take a layover. Maybe the plane... Uh, advertised that it was uh, overloaded and they wanted some people to sit back and that particular couple or that particular family or that particular uh, team, because some you have lots of teams traveling on um, airlines, maybe that particular uh, baseball team said that we're going to sit back and we're just going to travel on the next flight. And then once they find, found out that this flight was deemed uh, like a going down or it went down and, and they have this uh, catastrophe of all of these people dying, that set of people, on the other hand, is saying, wow, God is good. So you say, why do I say that? I say, because in both of those situations, it's the same exact flight. You have a set of people that was supposed to be on the flight who didn't make the flight, who is now happy because they didn't make the flight because they have their lives when they could have lost their lives, they're saying God is good. Then you have the second set of people that were on the flight and those families are now uh, uh, grieving because they have family members that actually lost their lives on the flight. Are those people saying that God is good? You know, is at that point in time, God not good anymore? That That is why we are tackling today the topic, God is good, because oftentimes when a traumatic situation comes for 
for us in our life or comes to us in our life or comes upon us in our lives, what ends up happening is that we only hear that phrase or most times we hear that phrase because I don't want to hyperbole it, but most times we hear that phrase attached to things that are positive in our lives. But when things are contrary to what we deem as positive in our lives, then we don't hear anyone say, God is good. And again, but is God good? We just read in Nahum 1 and 7, it said, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge. If the word of God says it, and we believe it as our absolute truth, then Nothing changes the fact that God is good. He's good for the the people who are grieving as well as for the people whose lives are saved. It says he's he reigns over the just and the unjust. He he loves everyone. He's good. That is his nature. God is good. And that's why this topic is so important today because I I hope that you get revelation where it changes your perspective and help you to understand God a little bit deeper. God is good. No matter what, no matter whatever your situation, God remains good. He does not change. He doesn't, he's not wishy-washy like your friends or your family or your coworkers. He's not in your corner today, then out of your corner tomorrow. He's not rooting for you today and not, and then not rooting for you tomorrow. He's not back and forth like that. He's not double-minded. God is good and that's what he is, period. That's his nature. The Lord is good. So the question would be, how come we have been programmed to believe that he's good, but only good when things are positive? Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. So we were trying to settle on the fact that God is good no matter what, through good and bad. We're going to take some basic scriptures in the Bible so that you can understand uh, a typical story that's happened that you're familiar with and how that person had to settle on the fact that God is good, period. But that God has given you a template so that you can see and understand that he's good no matter what. And once you settle this in your spirit, you won't go back and forth and you won't be tossed when uh, death comes your way. You won't be tossed when you have financial struggles. You won't be tossed when you go to work and they hand you your papers and say, you know what? We got to let you go. You're not going to be tossed when uh, maybe your spouse comes home and, and decides, you know what? I don't love you anymore. I've decided to separate from you today. You're not going to be tossed to and fro when uh, maybe the person you were going to marry that next week, your fiance decides that they they just don't want to do it anymore and the wedding's all planned and you got to explain to everybody how it went wrong. You're not going to be tossed to and fro when you find out, you know what, they just told me I'm terminally ill and that I only have six weeks to live. You're going to understand that none of those circumstantial situations changes the fact that God is good. He's good. It doesn't change the fact that God is good. That's a circumstance that's happening that you have to settle in your spirit that God is good and then it will help you be anchored 
through the circumstances. And then when you settle on the fact that God is good, then it's only then in a difficult circumstances, we can go back to the airplane, the person grieving. Let's not take the person that's life is uh, spared. Let's take the person, the mother that's grieving that just lost her son on the flight that went down. So she can then settle on the fact that, you know what? God is good. I understand God's attributes. God is good. Then God can begin to draw close to her in her time of grieving and become her comforter. He can keep her through his Holy Spirit. He can help her in her time of struggle. And then when she comes out on the other side of her situation, she can then tell another person, you know what? This grieving mother that just lost a child, this grieving mother that may have uh, lost a, a, a husband, a widower, God is good. And that you're going to come out on the other side. Just trust God. Let him draw nigh to draw close to him. He's going to draw nigh to you and comfort you in this situation and bring you out so that you can really see that he's truly good and that he hasn't changed through the situation. Oftentimes when a difficult situation hits us, it clouds our vision and it tries to change your thoughts and your perceptions on who God is. See, God was God when he was in the garden. It was only Satan talking to Eve over and over and over again in her mind. And as he talked to her, he was trying to change her perception on who God was, changing her perception on what she thought God's attributes was. You have to settle on the fact that you know that you know that you know that God is good on today, despite whatever situation that you're going through. Because when you get that, it is only then that you're going to find true joy in your spirit and you're going to be happy. Things are going to be lifted. He's going to draw close to you. He's going to give you the things that you need. When you don't settle on the fact that God is good, then you're back and forth looking for other things to fill this, what you feel as an emptiness or a void. Let's go back to the mother that lost the, the son on the plane. She may be going through a grieving moment. She's now, uh, let's say two or three weeks into the son being lost. She's buried him. She's trying to figure out, okay, normally me and my son would have coffee in the morning. Now he's gone. She starts to feel empty. Who's going to fill that spot for me? She might start filling it with uh, putting a little bit of alcohol in her coffee to medicate herself because see, there's a void there. There was used to be something there that's now missing. And that's why it's crucial people for you to settle on this fact so that you can allow God to fill the empty places of your life. There's a lot of people I sense right now, even as I'm speaking, that are broken, that are going through their process with God. And they're asking him the questions, why, God? Why did you allow this to happen to our family? Why did you allow me to grow up in a broken home? Why did you allow someone to molest me? Why, why, why? I need for you to stop for a minute asking questions, settle on the fact that God is good. And then you will see things from a different perspective. And not only that, you will begin to find a peace in the storm. Trust me on this. I've been living long enough to know that God hasn't changed. I've been reading the word long enough to know God is still the same God yesterday that he is today. Now, let's take another base. Let's take a, a basic story. Like we can take a story like Job. 
We can take a story like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Matter of fact, let's go there. Let's go to Daniel 3, 16 to 28. I'm going to give you a second to get there. Daniel 3, 16 through 28. Daniel 3, 16 through 28. This is a simple story on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's very interesting because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the three uh, Hebrew children that had to be thrown in a fiery furnace. And let me uh, correct that. They didn't have to be, but Nebuchadnezzar wanted to throw them into the fiery furnace because they didn't want to bow down to idols in short. And when you get time, I would pray that you venture out and read these scriptures, you know, read this whole story in its totality about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it will definitely bless you on today if you're not familiar with it. But I'm going to tell you the compressed version um, for the sake of the podcast because our topic today is God is good. And I need you to recognize that God is good. And God was good for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were going through a tough situation. And once you see that God is good for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in their situation, I'm praying that today before you leave off this podcast, that you will take this one principle on today, because there's only one principle that I'm giving you on today that I want you to meditate through out your day and that God is good through the good and the bad. God is good through the good and the bad. God is good through the good and the bad. God is good through the good and the bad. No matter what, God is good because that's simply his nature. That's the only principle. I'm not making this complicated on today. I'm not trying to make this go over your head on today. I'm not trying to get deep with you on today. One simple principle. God is good and he's good all the time through the good and the bad. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves getting ready to be thrown in the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar because he didn't, they didn't bow down to idols. Everyone else in this particular situation was bowing down to these particular idols. And they were asked to do the same thing. Now you have to understand that these uh, boys have been raised basically in the word of God. I'm going to give you the condensed version. They was raised in the word of God. They serve one God, period, who was the one true and living God, the God we're talking about right now. God is good through the good and the bad. That's the God they serve. So now because they had to make a decision, because whenever you're serving God, you're going to come against opposition. That's that's another lesson for later on. Whenever you're serving God and you make up in your mind that this is what I'm going to do, opposition's going to come your way. So now they're standing in the front of opposition. Opposition's trying to get them to back down. When opposition can't get you to back down, what does it do? It comes around you like a flood. It wants to press you. It wants to overtake you. It wants to corner you so that you can succumb to the pressure of whatever it is, the pressures of life. That's what I call them, the pressures of life. These boys are going through the basic pressures of life. They they need need to conform, trying to get them to conform to what everyone else is doing. Okay, we've never found ourselves there where we have to uh, conform to the pressures of life or being felt to conform. And you have to make a decision. They had to make a decision. This decision they had to make was, am I going to bow down to this idol or get thrown in a fiery furnace? It's just that simple. They made a choice. And then they spirit, they had settled on the fact that, you know what? I'm not going to bow down. I understand there's a consequence with this. And I accept the consequence that we are going to be thrown in a fiery furnace, period. Now, as the, the writer who wrote this says that they turned the furnace up hotter than normal. 
So imagine this. You're getting ready to get thrown in the, the furnace with your three uh, friends or your two friends, you and your two friends, and they're turning up the furnace hotter than ever. They want to make sure that you understand you made a decision. So as the furnace is getting turned up, I could imagine they're standing there looking like, man, you know, this furnace is getting turned up and they're turning it up and they're probably turning it up slow so that they can see them turn it up slow, you know, throwing the coals in extra slow so it can blaze like, you know, so that they can see it, hoping that they would change their mind. See, this is what opposition does. It tries to uh, blow fire on you, corner you, do all these things to get you to blow your top, to get you to change your character, to get you to step out of uh, your true nature and who you are. But I'm challenging you on today, as these things begin to press on you, to let God let God vindicate you. Let God come forth. Let the oil pull forth, pour forth out of your life during that time of pressing, because that's what it's for. There's only two things that's going to come out of you. It's either something crazy going to come out of you when God is pressing, or it's going to be pure oil that's going to run forth. And I'm praying over each and every one of you. I'm decreeing and declaring that it'll be the anointing oil that will run out of you in your time of pressing. And that the opposition would then understand that, you know what? You're built on a strong foundation that this is not hay and straw and that can be blowed away. This ain't the three little pigs where you're going to come and blow and blow your house down. The, the enemy coming in, threatening you and, and you running around scared. Like David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You got to understand when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, because it's a valley. The valley experience when this opposition was pressing against these boys, that is a shadow. That shadow is there to threaten you whenever. I don't know if you remember when you. You guys were kids and there's a shadow the shadow gets really really big it looks super big and it can be a little bitty kid dancing in the shadow and you can be coming around the corner like man that's a big shadow Who, who's coming around the corner at me is that a, a a large man that's coming towards me but then when you get around the corner it's a little bitty kid it's a little bitty kid he didn't he didn't cast a huge shadow like that that's why I come against the enemy on today in your lives, casting huge shadows, trying to trick you, trying to get you to get confused and change your perception of God. You're going to stand like Job in this next season of your life. See, in my last iPod, I told y'all God was doing a resetting in your life and I wanted you to get the perception of it. It has spring forth really fast. I in one of my podcasts, podcast number one, it spring forth out of nowhere. And God is now resetting you as he's resetting you. You need to understand that that opposition is going to come against you. Let the opposition come. You don't need to do anything. Vengeance is, is God's. He's going to take care of everything for you, just like he did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they find themselves up against opposition. And of course, they have to ask them a question because the tactics of turning the fire up didn't work. They didn't. They still didn't, didn't uh, cave to seeing the fire get turned up. Because see, as you go through that process, the, the enemy is going to try to get you to cave. As the fire's getting hotter and hotter, they didn't cave. So, of course, they come back and ask them, ask them another question. You know, so is your God going to rescue you now? See, th this is my thing. You're trying to get me to cave. I haven't caved yet. So 
no matter what questions and all these other tactics that's coming towards me is not going to make me cave. So you got to make up in your mind on today. You're not going to cave. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror on today and say, I'm not going to cave to the pressure. I'm not going to cave to the uh, conformities of life that I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. That I'm a child of God that I was creating in his image, that he has something truly awesome for me, that I'm going to hold on to the promises of God. I want you to trust God on today and know that he's good. Don't cave. The, the boys in the fiery furnace, they didn't cave. And you know, what they told him okay we'll see if your god's gonna rescue you now no remember I'm giving you the short condensed version this basically i'm paraphrasing we're gonna see if your god's gonna rescue you now if we throw you in the furnace and this is how they answer the answer they say look we know that god is able to do it but even if he doesn't do it he's still able see they they rested their spirits and predicated upon the fact of a couple of things they knew that God's track record was flawless. You have to understand on today, God's track record in your life is flawless. It's flawless. He's never failed you. He's always come through for you. He's been there for you when no one else was there for you. When, and when, oh, when the chips were down, he was there for you. When you were there crying at home by yourself, he was there for you. When you were in the, in the shower crying, tears down your face, covering up what was going on in your life, he was there for you. He has a flawless record. He's always been there for you. In your most trying times, he was there for you. When you were homeless, he was there for you. When you didn't know how you were going to pay the rent. He was there for you when you were paying the rent and things were going great for you, but you were still lonely in your spirit in a marriage that you just didn't know when things were going to come together. He was there for you. He's always been there. Look at his track record. It's flawless. See, they anchored upon the fact that they knew God's track record was flawless. So this, so they, they, they tell Nebuchadnezzar, look, you can, you can throw me in there. I know whether he saves me or not, I know he's able to do it. They knew his track record was clean and they knew this. They knew God was good and they didn't set God up or predicated upon the fact that he's good because he has to do something good for me. He's only good if, if he gets me out of this difficult situation. He's only good if he gets me out of the fiery furnace. He's good. If he's if he lets me go in this furnace and burn completely up, it ain't going to change the fact that God is good. If I'm in there burning up with my two brothers, you're going to have to settle on the fact that God is good. When I'm perished and long gone away, you're going to have to sit out here as King Nebuchadnezzar dealing with the fact that God is good, dealing with the fact that there's something higher than you that's still good. It's not going to change God's nature. See, we have to understand that it doesn't matter. They understood. And this is the perfect story, the perfect drop backdrop for you to understand that God is good. They knew that whether God helps me or not, I'm not, I'm not getting ready to, to, paint God in a small box to, to see that puts him back in that box. Remember in the beginning when I was teaching you guys, I was telling you, we put God in a box and attach him to a positive situation or we, we create what he should do, what he can't do, what, what, it, what my mom said he did, what he did in my cousin's life, what he did in my brother's life, what he did in my auntie's life. No, you need to settle on the fact that God is good. He loves you. He's going to work everything together for the perfection of the good of those that love him. He, he's going to make sure that things work together for your good. He loves you. They understood that. So 
that in it in and of itself is something that I'm sure got under Nebuchadnezzar's skin that, okay, we've already tried to turn this fire up super hot and let you see us throw the coals in here. Cause I'm sure. And I, and, and this is just me venturing out and, and imagining how this story could have went and they didn't cave to it. And now he, that you know how somebody got to add an extra two cents in there toward the end. Cause they see this person really not caving. They, they're really going to stand alongside their God. You know, they, it, I, I'm going to say just something extra just to see if I can get them to cave. And then when they didn't cave and, and they came straight out and said, look, you can throw me in there. You can just throw me in there. I've accepted my fate and I'm still going to love him. That is where I need you to be on today. I need for you to understand no matter where you at, no matter the circumstances, God loves you. He's going to be there for you. Now, with the, this particular situation, when they got into the fiery furnace, because God didn't stop them from going into the furnace. This is what I need you to get on today. He, God didn't show up and say, hey, guys, I'm going to get you out of the furnace. Leave them alone. Don't touch them. They're my most elite elect. Let's pull up. He didn't do that. He allowed for Nebuchadnezzar to throw them into the fiery furnace. So the situation may get turned up to a point that you don't even you can't even recognize what's going on. But I know what you can recognize if you get yourself grounded in these scriptures, you can recognize that God is not going to change in the situation. The situation changed. Trust me, they was on the outside of the furnace. Think about this. The situation is drastically changing every second of the day. They they're outside of the furnace. The furnace is getting hotter. People are steady talking. They now are in the furnace. The situation. Watch me now. The situation is steadily changing. Now they are in the furnace. God has still not changed his nature when they was outside of the furnace, when they were in the furnace. And now while they're burning and perishing, supposedly in the furnace, he's still good. He's still good. He's still God. He's still high and lifted up. Guess what? He shows up in the furnace. He shows up in the furnace. So that leads me to believe sometimes you're not going to be rescued out of that situation. He wants you in the situation so he can show up alongside you in the pressure, in the heat of the matter. He wants to show up alongside you and speak to you in that moment that you're feeling like this is all out of control. Yeah, it's controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. Hashtag that. Controlled chaos. It's controlled chaos because God's there with you in the fire. He loves you. He's good. And when he's there with you, guess what? He's still good. He was good when you was under the pressure. He was good when they was against you. God is good. And I need you to settle on the fact. The verdict is in on today. The verdict is in. I'm opening up the letter. I hope you can hear that. I've opened up the envelope. The verdict is in and the verdict says that God is good. And I'm going to end it right there on today, people. I love you. I love you. I, I, I swear I do. And I'm praying that God will get you so rooted in him that you fall so head over heels for him that you don't even know what to do with yourself on today. I decree and declare that you will begin to go deeper. In the scriptures that you will no longer titty titter on the shallow end, that you will no longer hold on to the side of the pool, that you'll begin to let the Holy Spirit to coast you out and you'll begin to trust him as he pulls you alongside in the deep end with God. 
I'm praying for you guys today. I hope to see you on my next podcast. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And most of all, until next time, be blessed.